Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM Superstation. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. Great to have you on here for our second hour today. And uh, give us a call here, uh, as always, at uh, 313-778-7600 if you want to join the conversation. We're joined now by our good friend Tom Zielinski, who is the CEO of Detroit 4Fest. And uh, Tom... uh, um, uh, happy holidays to you, and you guys got uh, you guys got your dates already set for 2022. Great to uh, it's great to be back with you. Sure, appreciate uh, being on again, and uh, it's always fun to talk to you. Yeah, 22. Uh, golly, it seems to be on top of us already. Uh, I am certainly not prepared for the holidays even yet, but uh, got our dates set. We're uh, we're good to go for September 15, 16, and 17 out at the Holly Oaks ORV Park, and uh, lots of cool new things to bring to Metro Detroit and, and for that matter, all of Michigan. Well, it was it was really cool this year. It was the, the first Detroit Four Fest I've been to. I mean, uh, this fall was just so packed uh, with stuff. Uh, you, you got you had uh, the Detroit Auto Show guys came up to, to uh, M1 Concourse with Motorbella, uh, M1 put on its own uh, show, sort of a classic uh, car show with the um, American uh, Festival of Speed. Um, you had, um, uh, and then and then you had this this uh, wonderful off road element up there in Holly Oaks. Uh, I think people are uh, certainly people who turn into this program, but I think people are are uh, becoming aware that one of the best off road parks in the country, not not just uh, Michigan in the country is uh, about an hour north of Detroit off of I-75. I went up there for uh, your Detroit Four Fest, and it, it was fantastic. And you had, uh, I think, 600 cars there. I mean, you, you you had as many cars up there as typically you have at a uh, at a major auto show. It, yeah, it, we are so fortunate, and I'm so fortunate to have been involved in, in the Holly Oso RV Park kind of from the start. And it's it's really interesting that you bring up one of the best off-road parks in the country, too, Henry, because, uh, as you know, we do Texas Four Fest and Red Bull Override down in Texas. And I was having a conversation this week uh, with a fantastic off-road park down in Texas, and he was asking about Holly Oaks ORV Park. And you kind of go, huh, well, it really is on the map. So, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. And, yes, the fall was filled with fantastic automotive stuff and and I'm kind of bummed that I had to miss the festival of speed at M1 we were doing Minnesota Four Fest and Metro Rallycross that same weekend but uh 
man, what a what a great thing for Detroit, and what a great thing just for anybody who's a bit of a gearhead or, or interested in that kind of thing. Yeah, it's uh, and um, uh, next year, 2023, you've got the uh, Detroit Auto Show folks are moving back downtown. Uh, it's been a, been a long slog for them, but they're I think they're really concentrated uh, on on making uh, uh, September. Uh, their date, their new date, uh, after two years now, I think they've uh, missed their show due to the pandemic. Um, there'll be lots of media in town, and, and you'll have this uh, kind of wonderful bookend of, uh, of a traditional auto show downtown in Detroit, and then this uh, wild off-road experience up in uh, Holly Oak for your Detroit Four Fest. And what, what I'm really excited about, Tom, is this year up there you had both Ford and Jeep present with their Bronco and their Wrangler, um, showing off those vehicles right there at Detroit Four Fest. People can come in and drive in those vehicles in their natural habitat, but you really didn't have Broncos in the market yet. Next September, there are going to be a lot of guys with Broncos that they have geeked out, ready for the off-road. I think you're going to see uh, you know, a nice little competition between Bronco and Wrangler up there for Four Fest. Well, and all of you folks from the media just love this burgeoning uh, sort of rivalry, and it's and it really is exciting for the consumer um, because they get to see all of these cool things all in one place. And I think, unlike traditional auto shows, it's very participative, and they get to actually be out there. And I love your your phrase, their, their natural habitat, because th- you get to go off-roading, like for real. And and so we think that that makes it an especially attractive place for all of the OEMs to show off their latest, greatest, coolest vehicles. And on top of that, for all of the aftermarket companies to show off all of their wares and and do so in an environment where you can not only see them and touch them, but you can go use them, and and we think that's uh, that's a big differentiator. And and obviously you were there, you saw the consumers and how much everybody loved it. So yeah, really good for the community. <laughs> yeah, I, I always say I, I say to folks, uh, if your performance vehicle is a is a is a performance sports car, a a Porsche. Cayman or a Subaru BRZ, uh, you don't know that vehicle until you take it on track. You don't know how capable that vehicle is until you take it on a, on a track. And it's the same for these off-road vehicles. You don't know how good a Jeep Gladiator is or a Wrangler or a Ford Bronco until you go to a place like Holly Oaks. Uh, it's, it's staggering how, what kind of terrain these vehicles can go over, and then you can drive them to work on Monday. And uh, I, I, you know, I think that's that's what is so special about Detroit Four Fest. Well, Henry, and I think you just hit on something: the fact that you can go out, have fun all weekend long, spray the mud off, and you've got your daily driver to take to work following that. And and I think there may have been—I don't know if I'm supposed to report this—but there may have been a situation where you were with our great friend Dave Cole from King of Hammers and Ultra 4, he may have shown yeah. you some of those performance capabilities at one point, I think. I, I think I was witness to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we just, we just had a blast. It was the first time Dave Cole uh, had been to Hollyoke, 
uh, Holly Oaks, and, uh, and and folks in the off-road community know Dave as the as the president of uh, of the uh, the Hammers, the King of Hammers, and uh, he 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 had a ball out there, loved loved the place, and he's coming back, and I think you're working with him to do a little racing up there this year or next year, aren't you? Yeah, so Dave and I are plotting and conspiring uh, in the background, and uh, it looks like we may have some some really cool racing features to uh, to add to Detroit Four Fest this year. And uh, there may even be – I don't want to spill all the beans because nothing is finalized, but there may even be a, uh, a bit of an EV component uh, to that, uh, which adds a really cool modern twist to it. And, uh, and I think uh, – some people will be pretty excited to see what uh, what that looks like as well. So, um, like anybody that's trying to put on these great events, and, and there's lots of folks around the country, Dave's King of Hammers event as an example, we're all looking for what's the next big innovation, what's the big, next big step, and I think that this movement to electric is going to prove to be a really good thing. And, hey, I'm the first guy like you that loves to hear – you know, big V8s and screaming motors and, and all of those things. But, boy, there's some really cool stuff coming in the EV space as well. Yeah, yeah, for, uh, variety is good. We, we love uh, variety in the automotive community. So uh, Detroit Fort, or Detroit Fort Fest is, is obviously uh, right here in Detroit, Metro Detroit, but uh, the Fort Fest brand is a national brand. And you were just down in Austin, Texas. Was this the first? Texas Four Fest? So this was Texas Four Fest number two. It was the first number time two. that we yeah, we were partnered with uh, Red Bull in a fantastic event that, that we produce as well called Red Bull Override, uh, which is a motorcycle uh, racing event. And the I, I think the really cool part about that was, and I know that you and your listeners will have a great appreciation for this, is that motorized fans – love all sorts of things, and the two-wheel and the four-wheel off-road folks have largely been kind of two separate camps. And our mission at this moment is to kind of try and bring those two camps together a bit more and show them how cool it can be. And there's lots of different you know reasons for that. The, the foremost reason, of course, is that it's just really cool, and the, the racing competition is great, and, and the motorcycle folks love off-roading. But I think there's some practical reasons for that as well that come down to land use issues and some other things, and, and we all have those same goals in mind. So it was great to bring the motorcycle manufacturers and our, our great friends at Jeep and Ram and others all together down in Austin and, and really uh, bring all of those groups together. So it was it was a fantastic event, and uh, it looks like we have the um, – the legs to make it a reality for 22 and, and even expand a bit more on that. So good stuff. Yeah, it uh, sounds like fun. I, um, I, I believe the Austin uh, Four Fest was just east of Circuit of the Americas Raceway, one of my favorite racetracks uh, in the country. And, uh, yeah, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fun if I could get down there to do uh, – you're doing Texas Four Fest, the off-road event just down the road from uh, Circuit of the Americas. That's a that's a neat uh, pair of places. Uh, uh, this year at uh, Detroit Four Fest, we did not uh, get a, a chance to experience the new uh, 
there's an expanded area of the park up there. I think it was because of the wet weather here this year, um, uh, participants were unable to go out there. I know you, you're, you're very excited about that, that area. Uh, that'll be open next year, won't it? Yeah, so we'll be able to, uh, to use that for Detroit Floor Fest in 22. Um, literally, we had it prepped and ready. And that week of Detroit Floor Fest, uh, we had 4.8 inches of rain in the couple of days leading up to it. And our, it, the, the trail going in there from the existing park was simply impassable. Uh, and when I say impassable to that end, we spent countless hours with a bulldozer uh, on Friday and actually ended up burying a bulldozer on Friday uh, before the event. And we decided fairly quickly that uh, if a bulldozer wasn't making it through, that we were only going to cause our awesome participants a lot of grief by, you know, telling them, yeah, go ahead and try. And then they end up with their Jeep or whatever vehicle they brought buried in there. So uh, we decided it just it wasn't safe. And obviously, safety is always the key priority uh, for an off-road event. So, uh, so we elected not to open that up at that moment. But for 22, um, you know, barring the hundred-year rainstorm or whatever, we'll we'll for sure have everybody back there, and they can experience a bunch of new trails. Yeah, and you had uh, uh, you had five thousand people up there during the course of that uh, weekend uh, th- uh, this fall. 600 uh, uh, vehicles uh, signed up, crawling all over the place. Uh, Tom, uh, give us a sense of the scale of Hollyoaks now that you've got that uh, uh, that second off-road area opened up. Well, it's and it's officially not opened up, but we've been back there uh, last summer uh, constructing new trails. But in terms of scale, Henry, um, even since – Detroit Four Fest, literally that week of Detroit Four Fest, we had opened up a great new uh, climb um, uh, on the other side of Mount Magna um, that uh, some great friends, Jeremy Ingram and, and a bunch, had, had been very instrumental in helping to construct. They've since expanded on that even further. And then there's some other really cool things coming uh, this spring, uh, can't spill the beans just yet, Henry, but uh, one of the great Detroit automotive uh, suppliers is going to get behind a great project, and uh, hopefully we can uh, even have a couple of new trails at that moment as well. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, hundreds of acres up there, uh, best, off-road, uh, best off-roading, uh, not only in Michigan, but some of the best in the country. Uh, Tom Polinsky, thanks for, for joining us, and happy holidays to you. Henry, happy holidays to you and, and your family, and uh, thanks again for uh, for always uh, talking with us. We'll look forward to seeing you out off-roading at some point really soon. We'll have some fun. Can't wait. Uh, you can find uh, all the information you need about Detroit Four Fest online. Put it on your calendar for next fall, 2022. It's a tremendous event. Uh, you're on Car Radio. We're going to take a break here and hear from our sponsors. And uh, we got more talk coming with James Taylor of the Heartland Institute after the break. Can you imagine the way I felt? I couldn't unfasten a safety belt.
The following message has been brought to you by the doctors of Horsley Foot and Ankle. Thick, dark fungus nails? We treat that. Those hideous bunions and hammer tongs? We treat that. What about those thick corns and calluses? We treat that too. I suffer from foot pain and heel pain. We treat that. Even falls, breaks, and sprains? We most definitely treat that. Let the board-certified podiatrist of Horsley Foot and Ankle Surgeons treat all your foot and ankle needs. Call us today at 248-559-5200. That's 248-559-5200. Horsley Foot and Ankle is Metro Detroit's premier foot and ankle specialist. Make your appointment today. Call 248-559-5200. Diabetic feet? We treat that. Painful legs and cramps? We treat that. Numbness and tingling? We treat that too. Horsley Foot and Ankle treats it all. Make your appointment today. Call 248-559-5200. Log on to horsleyfoot.com for more info. The day you lose your strength is the day you lose your independence. Muscle is lost with age, affecting your energy, balance, and mobility. Before you know it, you're depending on others just to get through the day. But you can reverse and prevent muscle loss. Introducing MyoHealth, a revolutionary proven approach to increased muscle strength and function in as little as 30 days. Live life on your terms with more energy and confidence. After a serious health issue put me down, MyoHealth's getting me back up again. I'm doing activities that I haven't done for a long time. It really works. MyoHealth is a safe, natural dietary supplement. The result of decades of research and 24 human clinical studies. You can live stronger at any age with greater strength, mobility, balance, and energy. Call or go online now and take the MyoHealth 30-Day Strength Challenge. So, you've decided to go to college. That's cool. So, pop quiz. Which is a better way to earn your degree? Commute to college and fill your gas tank, get stuck in traffic, drive in bad weather, try to find a parking space, walk a half mile to class, or learn online at Independence University. In the park on a bench, on the beach on a towel, or on your couch with your kid, your campus is wherever you want it to be. You don't go to college. College goes to you. That's Independence. That's Independence University. You schedule classes around your schedule and all your supplies, including a brand new laptop and tablet are included with tuition. At Independence U, you'll learn from professional instructors with real work experience. You'll get personal support in school and employment assistance when you graduate. Get your degree, but keep your life. That's Independence. That's Independence University. So if you're really smart, you call now. Call 1-800-556-7791. Independence U for an independent U. Call 1-800-556-7791. back into car radio you're on 9 10 a.m with uh, henry Payne, and we're joined by uh, james taylor of the uh, heartlands institute president of the heartland institute a good friend of the program and uh james how are you hey doing well henry how are you yeah i'm doing good good to uh good to have you here during the uh, uh holiday week are you you down in florida we're we're we're, uh, we're under uh, we're, we're getting dumped on by snow up here in Detroit. 
<laughs> no, I'm outside Chicago. I, I moved to Chicago uh, uh, about a year ago so that I could better oversee Heartland, who were based uh, just outside Chicago. But, yes, I do miss the days, most of my adult life, being spent in the Tampa area. Those those were nice winters, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a good getaway this time of year. Um, you know, James, we uh, on, on car radio here, we, we, we talk about all kinds of uh, wonderful cars. We, want, we love the uh, diversity uh, that's available to the American customer in the auto market. But uh, uh, there was a real stunner uh, that came through this winter uh, at the Los Angeles Auto Show, Dodge announced that it was discontinuing one of the most beloved vehicles in the U.S. market, the uh, Dodge uh, uh, Challenger and Charger Hellcat. These are uh, V8-powered cars, among the most iconic vehicles in the market. Uh, it, it almost single-handedly resurrected the Dodge uh, brand in the last decade, and I think people are scratching their heads as to why Dodge would eliminate a vehicle of this stature. But the answer is government regulation. There's a cloud hanging over this industry right now with climate change regulations coming, and we're starting to feel, feel the pain. Where uh, uh, cars like um, uh, cars like the Dodge uh, Hellcat are going away. What, what's going on? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it right there. And it's cars like the Hellcat and its predecessors that made America the great country that we have been, uh, that defined America during our war with the Soviet Union. You know, it's funny, I was in Prague uh, in the old Czechoslovakia uh, just last month, and they have a museum of communism. And there they document so that future generations will not forget what was imposed on the Czech people. And one of the central aims of that government was to take away individuality, to take away the things that give pep and energy and excitement in people's lives, bring everyone down to a common denominator where there is no thrill, there is no excitement, you just do what you're told. And here we have now in the United States, we have these climate change regulations, which are totally unnecessary, but what they have the effect of is taking away the fun, exciting cars and other, uh, other uh, uh, merchandise that people enjoy so much in the name of fighting this climate crisis. And it's really, it's sad. It's sad that we're taking away people's ability to enjoy their lives. I wrote an article uh, this week for Town Hall uh, called That 70s Show, uh, a return to uh, 1970s era uh, malaise. And uh, and you, I used the, the Hellcat as an example. If you go back to the 1970s, uh, that was really the first, uh, extreme wave of federal regulation. It was uh, mile per gallon laws back then, uh, really set back the Detroit industry, ultimately led to the bankruptcy of Chrysler in the early 1980s. And uh, a similar you know, similar event there. You had the Mustang as the iconic vehicle of that era, and uh, that was downsized uh, in, 19, in the early 1970s without a V8. Uh, Dodge discontinued its muscle cars. It was a, it was a very similar vibe back then, and auto people uh, remember that day. I mean, it, it was it was a real setback. This time, uh, you know, here, here we go sort of into another one of these uh, regulatory eras, and the irony is, James, uh, the, 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 uh, we, are, we are energy independent today. I mean, the purpose of those 1970s regulations was to make us energy independent 
for reasons that had nothing to do with those regulations. Today, we have all kinds of oil under our feet here in the United States, and now the United States government doesn't want to give us access to it. Yeah, it's shifting excuses uh, to reduce, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle, taken to the extreme. Using oil and gasoline is an inherently bad and evil thing, according to their ideology, or perhaps better yet, theology, and therefore whatever their excuse is, we, we import too much oil, uh, too many greenhouse gas emissions, although we've reduced emissions more than any nation in the world, uh, it's, it's an excuse to shut down our ability to enjoy life and to enjoy, look, gasoline and oil, um, you know, oil in its, in its more pure state, gasoline after it's refined, they don't have really any use other than what we put them to use for. So it's not like we need to shut them away because otherwise we, you know, we run out and, and, and have this horrible future. But the fact of the matter is the, the, the folks that are pushing these restrictions, they would have loved it if today we were still driving you know, the Ford Pinto and Maverick or fast-forward a decade, the Yugo. That is their future that they desire. And it's, it's just a shame that here in the United States of America we have government telling us that we have to drive these drab uh, automobiles without the pickup that is possible that people like and crave. And if I want to pay for the gasoline to drive it, then I should be able to pay for the gasoline to drive it. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a weird conversation uh, that I have with automakers these days. Uh, on the one hand, uh, they're selling more vehicles than ever before. I mean, we're, we're in a sort of strange post-pandemic period where uh, chips are difficult to get to and there's a lot of production issues. But uh, in, in terms of the product that's out there, the, the consumer is very happy. I mean, you got SUVs, pickup trucks, uh, V8s, uh, electric vehicles. I mean, there's just this wealth of diversity out there. But you talk to folks uh, behind the scenes in the auto industry, and they say by 2025, the regulations in Washington are going to be so extreme that they're going to have to stop making a lot of these gas engine cars and transition to electrics. James, electric vehicles are 2% of the auto market today. I mean, it sounds like there's a train wreck coming. Yeah, and, and it just calls to mind the hydrogen highway and the hydrogen vehicles that we were told 15 years ago, this is the wave of the future. Government knows best. Don't trust consumers to take us where, where our future will be. Uh, let's, let's, from the top down, just completely reorganize, restructure, revolutionize automobiles because it's hydrogen, hydrogen fuel cells. Well, that didn't pan out. And electric vehicles, um, there are many challenges that need to be overcome before the uh, consumers will, Americans will, the people will, in a democracy we all will, decide that we want to buy electric vehicles. And if they were so promising, if they were so rosy, if they were such wonderful values, you wouldn't need laws forcing people to buy them. Even with all the taxpayer subsidies, even with the government putting its thumb on the scale so much in favor of electric vehicles, as you mentioned, it's still only 2% of cars purchased in this country. And they tend to be for people who are wealthier than average, who can afford a second car because you may be in a lot of trouble if you're depending on your electric vehicle as your sole vehicle. It's really the less affluent subsidizing the more affluent. Yeah, it is a, it's a curious thing, yeah, when you're given $7,500 subsidies to a $70,000 consumer product. <laughs> um, yeah. James, the Heartland Institute has uh, done good work in this space for a long time. There are other good uh, organizations in Washington, like the Competitive Enterprise Institute, uh, that get out, uh, uh, get good, good information out to folks. 
But from a regulatory aspect, how how do how how can Americans uh, and how can Heartland Institute influence what's going on in Washington? Well, what we try to do is just simply get information into the hands of the American people. Fortunately, it's not it's not the 1970s, as you referenced earlier. If it was the 1970s, we wouldn't have the Internet. We wouldn't have websites. We wouldn't have, you know, there wasn't much talk radio like this. There wasn't cable television. And we basically had to just you know, be spoon-fed information, and that's that. But putting information in the hands of people, contact your legislators, write letters to the editor, post on websites, post on Facebook, and Twitter, et cetera, that you want the freedom to purchase the vehicles you want. We're not facing some climate crisis destroying the world that we have to give up everything that we live, that we hold near and dear and love. And if and if that were the case, we are still doing more than the rest of the world in this in this uh, aspect. We don't need to be sacrificing the things we love. So yes, just let your voices be heard. And I think the American people are intelligent, and the truth and common sense will win out. Yeah, call your congressmen, as they say. Um, there's uh, this is a movement that uh, that largely feeds on fear. Uh, we had some uh, we had a bad hurricane, a bad tornado in Kentucky uh, here the last week. My understanding is though that uh, tornado activity has actually been down in the United States. Right, the number of tornadoes has declined significantly since the 1950s, since the 1970s, whatever period you want to pick in the past. And most significantly, the strong tornadoes, the F3 are stronger. Those are F3 tornadoes in Kentucky. Uh, those are the ones that are most deadly. Those are down dramatically. Now, look, global warming won't make tornadoes disappear. They always have occurred. They always will. But what we do know is that as the Earth warms, as the Earth warms, and as you reduce the clash between the very cold Arctic air and the warmer uh, air coming up from the Gulf, you're, most of the warming is occurring in the Arctic and the Antarctic. So you don't have that, that extreme clash of temperatures, so you don't have the strong tornadoes. The few tornadoes that do occur are occurring in spite of global warming, and they are lesser, you know, they're less frequent and less severe. We should thank global warming. As tragic as those events are, they're a reminder that we should thank global warming that we get far fewer of these deadly events than we used to. Uh, James, hold on there. We're going to take a, a break on the other and uh, on the other side. We will continue this conversation. You're on Car Radio, nine ten a.m. Listen up, America. Are you or a loved one suffering with an addiction to alcohol, opiates, prescription painkillers, or other drugs? There is hope. Medication-assisted treatment is proven most effective for opiate addiction recovery. Utilizing medications such as methadone, suboxone, and subutex, combined with inpatient treatment, you can achieve lasting recovery. Most insurance is accepted, so call us now. Please call 800-625-5860. Are you getting the most out of your Medicare plan? Are you sure? Many people with Medicare are eligible for plans that include extra benefits in addition to those found in original Medicare. Benefits like dental, vision, and prescription drug coverage. Call now to see if you're eligible to enroll. The consultation is free with no obligation to enroll. In addition to hospital and medical coverage, at no extra cost, you could also get coverage for prescription drugs, dental, hearing, vision, and more. In many areas, plans with benefits are available with $0 copays for many services, $0 monthly premiums, or $0 deductibles. That's hospital, medical, prescription drug, dental coverage, and more included in one plan with premiums that may be as low as $0 a month. 
Call now to see if you're eligible to enroll. The consultation is free and there's no obligation to enroll. Call 1-800-571-8580. That's 1-800-571-8580. So you've decided to go to college. That's cool. So pop quiz, which is a better way to earn your degree? Commute to college and fill your gas tank, get stuck in traffic, drive in bad weather, try to find a parking space, walk a half mile to class, or learn online at Independence University. You don't go to college. College goes to you. That's Independence. That's Independence University. And all your supplies, including a brand new laptop and tablet, are included with tuition. Independence U for an independent you. Call 1-800-556-7791. Do you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS? If so, you may qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. The Fresh Start Program is one of the biggest tax breaks the IRS has offered. Call Tax Group Center at 800-685-6150 to see if you qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. Their team of tax experts and attorneys will get you the best tax settlement possible. Call 800-685-6150 now to learn if you qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. Call Tax Group Center at 800-685-6150. 800-685-6150. Are you drowning in debt? struggling just to make minimum payments? It's not your fault. Serious debt can happen to anyone, but there is hope. Our debt-free program has helped thousands of good people, just like you, eliminate their credit card debt. Call us today and we will dramatically reduce your credit card debt down to just a fraction of what you owe. The call is free. The consultation is free. Take control of your credit debt. Take control of your life again. Call now to see how our debt-free program can work for you. Call 800-872-5230. All right, welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM. We're talking to James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute, about uh, the uh, regulatory onslaught facing the uh, U.S. auto industry here this decade as uh, Washington tries to force the auto industry to go all electric. And, uh, and James, you guys uh, put on a very good uh, climate conference uh, this year down in Las Vegas. I highly recommend uh, folks. You can you can go to uh, heartland.org. You can uh, replay that conference and really get information uh, on on what's really going on with the uh, with the international uh, uh, climate there. Uh, it was a very good conference. Did you, did you feel like that was a success? I do, and uh, we were able to bring together. Uh, dozens of scientists who, during the COVID lockdowns, were unable to get together. They uh, they they are made to feel isolated in their universities, in their research institutions, uh, by being told that they are you know, part of a very small percentage of people. They, uh, which which simply isn't true, uh, that uh, that are questioning the so-called climate crisis, but also presenting. We live stream the event. It's available on video. You can find it at the Hartman Institute's YouTube page. We're presenting a few important facts. First of all, for most of the period of human civilization, temperatures have been warmer than today. We can't have a global warming crisis when temperatures are unusually cool, not warm. Second, temperatures are warming at only about half the pace, actually a little less than half the pace, from what the United Nations has been predicting all along. In fact, it's coming in almost exactly where climate skeptics like myself have been saying uh, we'll be expecting a very, very slow period of warming. And then finally, uh, whether it's uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, droughts, wildfires, floods, 
you name it, all these predicted, predicted uh, worsenings of extreme weather events, uh, according to the actual data, most importantly, but even according to the United Nations itself, uh, they cannot find any, uh, any, any linkage, any increase in these events. And it still remains merely predictions that now for 30, 40 years uh, simply are not coming true. So temperatures are unusually cool. They're not warming very fast at all, and we're not seeing any of the predicted negative consequences. And I think uh, what's uh, frustrating for folks in the auto industry is that individual transportation is only about 5% of uh, global CO2 emissions, and yet uh, – uh, we hear constantly through the media that uh, SUVs or Dodge Hellcats or uh, pick your uh, pick your product is responsible for tornadoes or or uh, hurricane damage uh, in New Orleans. It's a real disconnect uh, from the science. But I but I think James, the, the, to me, the the most serious um, side effect of this is as uh, I, I live here in Detroit, you live in Chicago. Uh, these are cities that have real problems. Uh, Bjorn, Bjorn Lomborg uh, put together uh, something called the, Co the Copenhagen Consensus and, and asked a number of Nobel uh, scientists, if you wanted to spend a dollar uh, and, and get the most bang for your buck, where would you concentrate that? And these economists say, you know, look at areas of poverty. Look at areas that have bad dysentery. Uh, you know, look at uh, neighborhoods like Detroit that need more police. I mean, that's where you want to invest your dollars. Investing dollars in climate change is you're just flushing money down the toilet. Right, and, and Bjorn Lomborg told these uh, uh, Nobel scientists, he gave them the instructions, assume for the sake of this exercise that everything that is predicted by the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change will come true. So, so accept their climate predictions, what they call the climate crisis. And even with that, when given a list of more than a dozen of areas to focus uh, resources worldwide, clean water, you know, AIDS prevention, whatever it may be, there were so many topics, global warming came in dead last, even if you buy their narrative on, on what the future is going to be, dead last. We get much more bang for our buck, improving people's lives, and protecting and improving the environment in other areas. Yeah, that's uh, you know there there are real problems in this world. Uh, there are real crises in this world. The, the, the climate crisis is not one of them. Um, uh, you, you and I have been doing this uh, for a long time. I've covered the uh, the environmental movement for thirty years. Uh, Al Gore sort of uh, uh, got things moving uh, back in the late nineteen eighties. Uh, we're we're obviously feeling a resurgence now, despite the lack of evidence. What, what, what is going on in this moment, do you think, uh, that's bringing to bear uh, this regulation on the auto industry and this uh, attempt to transform the U.S. economy? Yeah, well, with the climate aspect, of course, we have a renewed emphasis uh, where you have the media will not present anything, any evidence, any perspectives that do not uh, advocate the climate crisis. People in schools, from kindergarten through college, the same thing. So they're they're giving a tremendous propaganda advantage, which is giving them a little more political momentum for this. And then ultimately, when you look at the impacts on the auto industry, the automobile, uh, the, the the private automobile, the family car, that really is not just a symbol of, but it's the enabling instrument 
of American individualism. It means that unlike in Europe where you're packed in cities and you take the bus or the train or you walk to work, whatever it may be, we have the ability to go out and go where we want. I know this weekend I can take a drive up to Wisconsin or to Michigan if I want to see some beautiful scenery. I can't do that in public transportation. I can go, I, I can go wherever I want to go. I have that freedom as a human. If you don't have freedom of, of mobility, you have very few freedoms that, that can withstand that. Well, James, I uh, really appreciate your good work at Heartland. Uh, uh, great talking to you. Happy holidays, and, uh, and, and we always recommend folks can go to heartland.org to find all the information they need. All right. Thank you, Henry. It's always a pleasure being on your show. All right. Uh, for our last segment here today, uh, we're going to go back to the Hyundai Ionic 5. Uh, we were talking earlier in the program with John McCormick about this, this new electric vehicle uh, that's in the market. Uh, wonderful little vehicle, a little pricey, I think, if you're uh, a typical Hyundai consumer, uh, but, a, but, but a neat little car uh, competing against uh, the, the Tesla Model S that I own or, or uh, the Tesla Model Y. You also have vehicles in the market like the VW ID4. Uh, I, I was out in San Diego testing the new Hyundai uh, Ionic 5, and uh, I, I sat down uh, with uh, Trevor Y, who's a senior product planner, planner for Hyundai, to talk about the Hyundai Ionic 5. All right, this is Henry Payne out in Julian, California, a lovely place to be on a December day. It's snowing back in uh, Michigan, but uh, get a little sunshine out here. I'm joined by Trevor Lai, who's a senior manager for product planning for Hyundai, and we're testing the all-new 2022 Hyundai Ionic 5. Trevor, how are you? Great. Thank you very much, Henry. Yeah, great to, uh, always great to see you. You guys are, have been uh, have been home, hitting home runs all over the place with uh, SUVs. This is a different kind of SUV. Uh, this, is, this is your first all-electric uh, SUV, I believe, on a new platform. Yes, it's our first uh, dedicated platform uh, SUV. Uh, we've had a lot of great success, uh, most recently with the Kona Electric. Uh, that was our first SUV product uh, with the electric uh, powertrain. But uh, we're really excited now with the Ionic 5. So, so talk about that a little bit. I mean, you got um, uh, you guys have gone sub-brand uh, with Ionic, but as you say, you've got the Hyundai Kona, very good vehicle that's part of your mainstream lineup. How, how do you guys sort of look at the Ionic sub-brand relative to the larger Hyundai model line? I think we're going to find uh, two different uh, buyer sets uh, for Kona Electric versus what we're going to have for Ionic 5. Kona Electric is great. Uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of data. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a younger type of buyer, as you'd expect with the Kona nameplate in general. I think what we'll find with uh, Ionic 5 are consumers who are very uh, highly educated about uh, EV uh, propulsion, even more so than the Kona Electric buyer. And, and uh, you know, particularly for folks back in the Midwest, where it's December, it's cold. Uh, the the Hyundai, the uh, the Kona EV was actually one of the rare SUVs I drove in uh, Detroit that did not lose a lot of range in cold weather. Uh, I gather you're doing a, a similar uh, thing with this Ionic Five. You're you're bringing in uh, some heat. That's right. You know, with uh, with our second year of uh, Kona Electric, we added the uh, optional battery heater from the mid-level trim and on off. And what we're doing now here with Ionic Five. We're taking that step even further. We're also adding uh, a heat pump 
as well as the battery heater that we mentioned for our H-Track all-wheel drive dual-motor vehicles. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's right in the sweet spot of a uh, of a, of a Detroit buyer. They're going to be looking for all-wheel drive, so they'll also get the heat pump as well. Uh, interesting choice, and we've seen this from other automakers, from Tesla and VW. They're going you're going rear-wheel drive uh, on these platforms. Why is that? For us, I think uh, it's a couple of things that we, that we can do with uh, a rear-drive uh, biased type system. Uh, first of all, in, particularly with our all-wheel drive setup, with our all-wheel drive disconnect, as you see with the vehicles here today, you can gain about 5% or so efficiency from completely disconnecting the motor from the driven wheels. Um, that's, that's number one. Um, number two, um, for EVs, we've also found that uh, with the high torque output characteristics that's common to all electric vehicles, it does place a lot of torque demand on the, uh, the wheels and tires, the tires mainly. All right, we're going to take a break here. On the other side, we're going to continue our conversation with Trevor Lai of uh, Hyundai Ionic 5. If you or a loved one underwent hernia surgery between 2010 and 2016 and then suffered serious complications, call right now. You may be entitled to financial compensation. Complications associated with Physomesh include chronic pain, infection, adhesions, mesh migration, reopening of the hernia, and other serious injuries. Call right now. Call 1-800-799-2091. Again, that's 1-800-799-2091. Attention! In July 2018, Bayer announced that it will be halting its sales of Assure. The Assure birth control may break or migrate after insertion, puncturing the fallopian tube, resulting in corrective surgery to remove the device. Thousands of women have reported debilitating health problems to the FDA. In April 2018, the FDA restricted sales of Assure to protect women and required that patients receive risk information. Please call 800-425-9539. Hi, I'm Hunter Ellis, and this is Atomic Beam USA. Another bright idea from Bulbhead, the ultra-bright, tough-grade flashlight that features tactical technology used by U.S. Special Forces. This flashlight has a feeble 125 lux output. The Atomic Beam USA has up to 5,000 lux. That's 40 times more. We're going to drop it hundreds of feet from this helicopter. It hits the tarmac, and it's still working. That's what I call a tough flashlight. Heavy downpours, mud puddles, even extreme temperatures are no match. You could spend over $100, or the Atomic Beam USA can be yours for just $19.99 with free lifetime guarantee. Order now, you can double it and get a second Atomic Beam USA. Just pay a separate fee, and we'll even ship them to you for free. Atomic Beam USA is just $19.99. Order now. Call 1-800-638-2619 to get your Atomic Beam USA. Call now or go to Atomic Beam so call 1-800-638-2619. Deluxe version available. Order now. 9 a.m. Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500 with a must-air-within-30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Jamie Harrington now at 248-357-4566. That's 248-357-4566. 
WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesday's Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. All right, welcome back into Car Radio. We continue with my interview in San Diego with Trevor Lye, Senior Product Planner for the Hyundai Ionic 5. And to have a better uh, driving experience for consumers, we want to even out the tire wear a bit more so that um, we don't have any uh, loud tires. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the, the other thing you, you often associate with rear-wheel drive in an EV is a frunk. Uh, you, you, you've got the electric motor in the rear, it frees up room in the uh, in the front, and you get some nice uh, extra cargo storage there. You guys have chosen not to have a frunk on your Ionic 5. We actually have a small frunk in the uh, in the front of the Ionic 5. It's a bit, a bit of a smaller compartment, but we do have an LED light in there. Uh, the bottom of that compartment is actually padded with uh, rubber mat so that whatever you place in there would uh, reduce, much reduce the chance of uh, rattling, for example. So we do have some capacity uh, underneath the no, oh, I've got to get my eyes checked. <laughs> I've got to look a little closer. Is it there for the uh, the, the rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive car? Uh, for both for both variants, yes. Yeah, oh, okay. I'll, I'll take a closer look. That's, that, that's good to know. And, and one of the treats that people get uh, as they come into EVs, it's a very different experience. Um, one of the headliners for this car is that it has a longer wheelbase than the Hyundai Palisade. Yes. You guys are really maximizing interior space. Maximizing interior space is something that uh, we really wanted to do with, with Ionic 5. That's one of the benefits that we have through our EGMP platform. We're starting out now here with Ionic 5, and you'll see some future Ionic EVs uh, as well. What that really means for uh, shoppers is, you know, okay, you take a look at our vehicle on the website and kind of say, oh, okay, that's about the size of, say, for instance, our Elantra GT hatchback, right? Well, it's quite a bit bigger than that. The wheelbase is the biggest indicator. But when you actually take a look inside the vehicle, you sit in the front or the rear, it becomes this large, expansive space. So earlier in my presentation, I mentioned uh, you know, my, my wife always watches HGTV, right? And all, all you ever hear about is open concept, open concept, open concept. So I thought, hey, why don't we bring that thinking into a motor vehicle that's not actually a motorhome, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can actually uh, have a lot more space inside not only in the front, uh, but also significant rear seat room as well. So uh, space prioritization is a big uh, benefit uh, for this platform. And even in addition to the front that I mentioned that we're talking about just a moment ago, uh, being an SUV, we have to have a lot of other storage areas. So if you were to take a look at the uh, cargo area, it's already quite large. There's actually a, quite a large subfloor underneath that as well uh, for additional cargo capacity. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think that that sort of establishes you you guys on a different path from some of your competitors. You hear a lot of talk about performance from Tesla, uh, from the Mustang Mach-E. Uh, you guys do seem to be going for a more, more utilitarian buyer here. I think what we do really well with Ionic 5 is blending that utilitarian piece that you just mentioned, but also having a show car concept vehicle brought to life. Now, a lot of us have seen concept cars in the past, which look really great, really fantastic, and then the finished product looks significantly different, might I say, watered down. When we had our Hyundai 45 concept 
launched, I believe that was 2018, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, the reaction um, from, from the public was, was amazing. Loved it, but there were concerns like, well, what's the production card going to look like? So you do a quick Google search, look at the 145 concept, now take a look at the Ionic 5. We're blending this great design with a utility piece that I'm just talking about. Yeah. The, the, the tech is, uh, is very impressive inside. Uh, we, we, we're getting used to that in uh, EVs. Again, Tesla sort of setting that standard uh, years ago. Uh, but but the, how do you, in, in that regard, how do, you re, how do you separate an electric car from a regular ICE car in terms of interior tech? I mean, it doesn't, doesn't matter really if you have a battery, right? I mean, you, you can take advantage of this digital tech. Uh, when you guys look at Ionic, are you, are you trying to optimize tech there? Technology, we realize with uh, EV consumers, they're already very highly engaged with uh, the tech world. And to bring that to an automotive vehicle, yes, other OEMs have done it really well. We're doing that as well here at Hyundai. What I think uh, helps separate us a little bit from, from the competition is you, for, for Hyundai loyalists or other new uh, shoppers into the Hyundai family, they're not going to be completely alienated by an experience that's completely foreign. It is a great blend of a, a familiar setup while also providing a lot of great tech, right? So uh, one of the things we talked about earlier is vehicle to load, what we call our you know, in-vehicle um, generator, on onboard generator, right? For our limited trim vehicles that we see here today, and you have an outlet already in the vehicle that outputs up to uh, 1.9 kilowatts. That's a lot of power. You can power a fridge with it, a residential fridge with it. And so that kind of technology um, really helps the consumer, especially when you have an EV, a huge EV battery anyway, when I tap into that for some other purposes as well. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think uh, we're learning that too in the auto space. So you guys are talking more and more about yourselves as a mobility company as opposed to just a car company. And you see that in things like um, the, the, the ability to, to power appliances with this vehicle, also with the ability to operate this vehicle from an app. I mean, the, the, the app is, is very sophisticated. Yeah, the app we designed uh, with the Blue Link team, um, it's, it's a special format uh, dedicated just for uh, Ionic 5 and, of course, our future uh, Ionic vehicles as well. And so, you know, being able to, uh, you know, pre-commission your battery, for example, or schedule when your vehicle charges, um, you don't have to do with the vehicle for that. You can do that all right from your phone. It doesn't matter if you're inside the house or maybe, for instance, your, your spouse or your life partner is... You know, at home and you're at the office, for example, for those of us who can still work in the office, of course, you could be, you know, 50 miles away. You can do that, you know, for your significant other uh, driving a vehicle, even from a distance away. As I alluded to, uh, you guys have really been killing it across the SUV lineup. Uh, Hyundai Palisade, tremendously successful uh, three-row SUV for you. Uh, the, the Hyundai Santa Cruz pickup, uh, one of the finalists for uh, our North American Car of the Year. Hyundai Tucson, your 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 bread and butter uh, gas car. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan. Tremendous car. Uh, it brings in a screen without a hood inside. A lot of tech there. A lot of a lot of fashion. Uh, how do you how do you wean the Tucson buyer uh, from a gas engine into a electric Ionic Five? Or is that not the point? You, you see these as very separate buyers. I think. One of the things that also separates Hyundai apart from some of the competitors, competitors is offering that choice. You see that in powertrains today that we have for Hyundai. We have naturally aspirated engines, we have turbocharged engines, we have HEV, we have PHEV, 
be a fuel cell or BEV. So we really believe in that choice. So the great thing about the new Tucson is that we have a variety of uh, powertrains for that buyer as well. Say they're interested perhaps in a full EV, maybe they were looking at a Kona EV before, but now the latest and greatest, oh wow, Ionic 5 looks great, but ooh, I don't know if I'm ready for it, I don't know if my spouse is ready for it. Um, you can do a transitional step. You can you can go for the Tucson Hybrid Electric if you want to dip your toe into those waters. If you want to go a little bit further, you can get a Tucson Plug-in Hybrid and get used to you know the, the charging uh, routine. Um, that allows the consumer a lot of choice in all those price points uh, between the Tucson and, of course, the Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a lot to digest. Uh, Trevor Lai, Senior uh, Manager for Product Planning, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Andrew. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that will do it for us today here at Car Radio. Uh, we're going to be taking the next two weeks off at 9, 10 a.m. for the holidays, the Christmas and New Year's holiday. Uh, we will have an original car radio show back for you on January 8th in the new year. Uh, happy holidays to you. Uh, this is Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. Keep the shiny sign up. fried food. But the problem is all that excess oil and fat can cause you to become overweight. Well, now there's the Cook Light Aero Fryer, an amazing kitchen miracle that uses air to fry instead of oil. So you can have the same delicious flavor and crispiness of deep frying using little or no oil. Get that deep fried taste and crispiness with